Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Chantal Life Podcast with Crystal Lee. It's me, your host, Crystal Lee, and welcome. In today's episode, we're talking about all things feelings, and I know it's a touchy subject because no one likes them. No one likes them. I'm, I haven't met a person yet that says I love all of my feelings. Um, they're all great, love them so much. But today we're talking about feelings. We're not talking about how to control them, but we'll be talking about how to let them in fill them and let them go so grab a drink grab a snack and let's get into it obviously the first thing we'll be talking about today is how we let feelings into ourselves how we let them in to fill them that is the first step and in the healing community or just in general people are always saying the first step is to feel your feelings and then you can start to heal even at my own healing at the beginning of my own healing journey i was that girl was just like i felt my feelings and now i'm better because of it mind you i spent a good portion of my life building up walls and coping mechanisms to help me not feel the heavy impact of some of my emotions and i thought at the time when i started going to therapy that meditation a couple of therapy sessions would just undo all that in you know a couple weeks or a couple months let's be for real looking back on that it's kind of laughable because I really was like abracadabra trauma gone and it's not like that at all we all know that now (laughs) like me thinking meditation therapy sessions and journaling was the end all be all of me finally feeling heavy emotions there are other ways that people work around feeling their heavy emotion and these workarounds really make us believe that we were able to sit with uncomfortable feeling but we weren't and i want to break down that act of that workaround that we do to not feel our feelings by breaking down the phrase the elephant in the room this phrase is said for people or a group of people who are trying to avoid something that that's really important to acknowledge in this metaphor if there are actual elephant in the room shit would be huge But what would you do? You figure out different ways that you can proceed with your life or your day, even though the elephant is very much in your way. When we take the first step in trying to feel our feelings, we don't really feel our feelings. We just acknowledge that they are there. Like when we acknowledge that the elephant, the real elephant is actually in the room, we start to notice it's pretty huge. It's pretty inconvenient. It's pretty uncomfortable. And we even acknowledge how the elephant has come to be in the room with us. Like, bam, we address the elephant in the room. Let's move on. Let's not. Because we didn't actually feel the impact of the elephant in the room. We didn't really feel the impact of our feelings in the room. We acknowledged it intellectually. A lot of times people can intellectualize their feelings. And I do this too as well. Intellectualizing our feelings is another way to bypass feeling them. This is not a bad thing though. Intellectualizing our feelings, I believe, is the first step to actually feeling our feelings. Because it now brings attention to something that it needs to be shed light on and it's the first step in actually dissolving a piece of that wall that block that coping mechanism that we have built up to avoid it in the first place and i want to give an example of my own personal experience and this has to do with my father issues that i have i don't know what age i started realizing that my father wasn't a good father but there was a time that i realized he was not a good father and all of the sparks and the glam of his fatherhood dawned on me that he's not really putting in the work to be a good dad. I didn't have that primary male figure in my life to show me what it's like to have a healthy relationship with a guy. And I understand that sounds weird, but your father is the primary source of how you see men growing up, whether that be friendship, intimate, 
or other, whatever that may be. And I always knew the term father issues this, daddy issues that, it makes them pick horrible men, it makes them insecure, it makes them feel bad about themselves, so on and so forth. I knew the stigma, but honestly, I thought that it wasn't that big or that impactful to me until one day I was ending something that we call a situationship and I was heartbroken. I was completely heartbroken um, and I was angry at how everything panned out and my feelings were hurt, so on and so forth. And at the time of the situation shit ending, we also had lockdown. So I didn't really have an opportunity to avoid this feeling of heartbreak and disappointment. So I had to just sit with it. I had no choice but to acknowledge the elephant in the room. And how I dealt with being so heartbroken um, was I just listened to music, I cried, I got high. I just didn't want to feel it until one day I sat there. I was just like, you know the reason why I'm feeling like this? You know the reason why I picked this man? And I, and I said, it's because my dad. It's because of my father. And so I took my ass over to my phone and I called him and he didn't answer. And I was like, well, well, now I can't tell him that he's the reason why I choose horrible men. He called me back. And then I had a chance to tell him, you're the reason why I choose horrible men. You were never there for me. You never did what you needed to do as a father. And I have no idea what it's like or what, or how to have a healthy relationship with a man or what even a healthy relationship with a man looks like or what a mental, um, uh, mentally healthy man looks like. So I decided that my dad was the entire reason why I was going through what I was going through. And I told him that. And I didn't necessarily say, I hate you, but the feeling was there. And that call alone, it was much deeper than I'm talking about. That call alone was a dissolution of a brick of a wall that I have been holding up for years and not trying to acknowledge. By the end of that call that probably lasted less than 30 minutes, I felt so accomplished. I felt so healed. I was like, checkmate dad. I figured out my feelings. Now it's on to bigger and better things, better relationships, so on and so forth. Girl, no, no, no. <laughs> that was not that. There were a few more guys that I let into my life that actually repeated the same traumatic situation. It it it, it just it just seeped in. <laughs> they just got in. No, there were other relationships with men that with boys. No, with there were other situationships with men after that call. Nothing really changed. I did not all of a sudden pick better men. What did happen though was a big emotional waterfall. I didn't I didn't call my dad this time, but I sat with it myself, and there was yelling. And there was screaming and there was anger. And it made me feel shame for letting one man dictate how I treat and relate to other men. And that led to me thinking, maybe you're just unlovable because the one guy, the one person who was supposed to love you doesn't. So maybe you're just completely unlovable. And that shame led to a very core question about my self-worth as a child, as a teenager, as a daughter, as a student, as a wife, as a friend. All of that, all of that heaviness came just because I acknowledged those feelings. Didn't feel them, acknowledged them years prior. And feeling all this, I can't say it enough, was so heavy. It was so heavy. For me, feeling heavy emotions starts with seclusion. For me, feeling angry looked like listening to angry music, swimming, yelling, punching pillows, throwing pillows. And that shame and insecurity looked like negative self-talk 
you are unloved, you will never be loved, you are worthless, you're a sensitive bitch, do better, more crying, more pillow punching and throwing, I am so sorry to those pillows, but you were a part of something bigger. And you know, I was going to therapy at this time too, when I was dealing with these heavy emotions, but I was just relaying what I, what happened verbally i wasn't in the room with my therapist feeling all this this all happened by myself and i allowed it i went to those dark moments by myself and it's not like something to say like oh i was so alone which way i was there i'm just saying feeling your feelings lead to some dark time and i understand why we try to ignore it this step of actually feeling your feelings gets deep it can get dark it can feel hopeless it can feel so uncomfortable that you wish you can go back to the days where you just ignored ignored that feeling that elephant and just went about your day we can try really hard to go back to that time where we're, when we were so unaware and ignore what we're feeling and what we're seeing but there's really no going back so we might as well just see ourselves through it and you do get through it and feeling a feeling is so different to everyone for me those behaviors, what I did in seclusion would be so frowned upon and complete opposite of what we're told about being gentle with yourself. I couldn't. Not at that time. I had to let all of that go. I was holding on to it for years saying, it's okay, baby. You'll be loved. Clearly wasn't the affirmation I needed. I needed to fuck shit up. But when the dust settled, my breathing settled, my tears dried, the music stopped. I felt lighter. I took stock of everything that I said and everything that I did. And from there, I started to heal and reprogram myself and my thinking. I was able to write reaffirming statements of how cared of and how loved I was. I started thinking about how I would act different when faced with the same situation and the same people. I worked on my self-worth a lot and I'm still working on it. Yay, it's a never-ending battle. All of this, not just in intimate relationships, in all the relationships that I carry, external for me and internal with me. Over and over again, I reprogram myself because over and over again, I had to go deeper into reprogramming all that, like reprogramming myself after letting go of all that gook, all that heavy stuff. And I have some good news and I have some bad news about all that. The bad news is that call of my dad happened like four, three or four years ago. But my awareness, only a year ago, that repeating pattern looped over and over again for those three years until I was able to actually sit with it. Actually said, no, I don't want to do this anymore and try to figure out a way how not to do it anymore. And the good news of it all is that I got through it. The good news of it all is that I felt it and I continue feeling it. And every time it comes up, it feels lighter. It feels better because I'm better equipped to handle it. Not avoid it, not push it down to allow it to pass through me. I came out the other end. So now I can give my body a different story. I can give my life a different story. Different than the one of the unloved girl, the unloved daughter of a man and that's beautiful the reason why we need to let our emotions in and feel them because in a very important way they are a guiding light they lead you to where you want to be and need to be the example that i gave led to questioning my self-worth and admittedly my self-worth probably wouldn't be a question if like my initial community was a little bit better of 
really showing love and giving love. But, but my lesson in this life didn't involve having that love, but learning how to recognize healthy love. And if I let a person who hurt me, not just my dad, but anybody who hurt me, dictate my story and how I live, it severely limits me. It is not your fault that somebody hurt you. And unfortunately, they're never, they're never going to come back around and trying to fix that wound. It is your responsibility. And as unfair as it seems, it is your responsibility. You may not have broken it, but it's your responsibility to fix it. And not only do our emotions guide us to what we need to work on, but they also give off alarms of things you need to run to or away from. Signals of excitement or fear. And the only way that those alarms get stronger is if you allow your emotions in when you're ready and you allow them space to be and then to leave. You deserve a full life, not a stuck one or a limited one. And in this life, we cry, we ache, we hurt, but we also laugh and rejoice. And blocking out one emotion, you inadvertently block out all of them. When we block out our emotions, we block out our built-in compass for our life. And I know that seems very dramatic, but do you know who I am? <laughs> and you may not have the tools to deal with all your emotions, but when you practice letting them in, you gain that tool belt of how to deal with them. And again, not to control them, but to just hold space for them and let them cook. I hope you got something from this talk. I hope you take the first step in dissolving that wall, that blockage to let your emotions in as hard as it may seem. I love you. I am grateful for you. And I will see you or talk to you in the next one. Bye.